This homily based on John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 24 through 35, was preached in St. Michael's Church in Geneseo, New York, on Sunday, August 1st. Rabbi, when did you come here? Last week, our reading from chapter 6 of John's Gospel emphasized the where of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is where people are hungry for Jesus Christ. Even when that hunger presents itself as a desire for manna that only causes more hunger in the belly or soul. As we move a bit further in this section from John in John chapter 6, we begin to see the win of the body of Christ. It is all about the eschatological reality of Jesus Christ and how the present ordering of our taste buds, our sensibilities, in time align or do not align with the truth of our eternal longing and purpose in God. The crowd woke up early the next day after Jesus had filled their bellies full of bread and fish. They were anxious to find out what was on the menu for breakfast. Someone had managed to find a couple of potatoes and a few strips of corned beef, hoping Jesus could muster up some corned beef and hash for a few thousand of his closest friends. The people knew that the disciples had wandered to the other side of the lake, but they didn't see Jesus get into the boat with them. Nevertheless, nevertheless, their chef divine was nowhere to be found. So they followed the disciples to the other side. When they reached the other side, thinking they must be ahead of Jesus, they're surprised to find him already there. When did you come here, Jesus? And Jesus responds to their question in a pastorally interrogative manner. Are you looking for me or did you wake up hungry? I know why you're here, says Jesus, and you haven't come for me. You just want breakfast. You want to see what else I might multiply. You came here, says Jesus, for what is temporary but I have come to give food that lasts forever. Rarely, says St. Augustine, reflecting on this passage, rarely do we seek Jesus for the sake of Jesus. How many there are, Augustine writes, who do not look for Jesus except when they want him to do, do them a temporal favor. The people look for Jesus to perform a sign, to multiply food, to heal the sick, but they do not realize that Jesus is the sign. Jesus is the incarnation of God whose very life, death, resurrection, and ascension are what they signify. The love of God made flesh. And the Son of Man has the, on the Son of Man has the Father set his seal, his mark, says Jesus. In other words, I'm not just another human being. Jesus 
is God incarnate. He is sign and signified. This is why Jesus can give food in time that reaches beyond time, beyond the limits and scope of temporality. The body of Christ, the bread of life that removes all hunger is an eschatological reality that gathers all who so desire into the opus dei, the work of God. And this is the work of God. Believe. The constraints of temporality, however, are too much for the crowd. Their frame of reference is stuck in the wilderness wanderings of their ancestors with Moses at the helm, relying on manna from heaven. This would have been about 1,300 years ago for the people asking Jesus for a sign. 1,300 years, and they're still interpreting the gifts of God in the wilderness as something flat and fleeting. Unable to imagine that the manna from heaven pointed to heaven and not to their bellies is what led them to track down Jesus for brunch. It's no wonder they struggle to understand the immortal nature of the food Jesus desires to give, the food that is his flesh, the body of Christ that sustains to eternal life. And when Jesus says not to labor for the food that passes away, someone in the crowd with attention deficit pipes up and says, oh, he's talking about works now. Well, Jesus, what do we need to do to perform the works of God? I can only imagine Jesus becoming exasperated at this point. This is the work of God. Listen, just believe. The ma that manna in the wilderness, says Jesus, wasn't just for your bellies. It pointed to me, to the kingdom of heaven. Nor did I multiply loaves and fish to impress you. It is so that you might believe. But we like to be impressed. We like to be entertained. We enjoy the momentary thrill of being amazed. It makes us feel feel alive. This misplaced joy reminds me of an insight from Neil Gaiman's American Gods. There is a secret, writes Gaiman, that casinos possess. And the secret is this. People gamble to lose money. They come to casinos for the moment that they feel alive. They want to know that they matter. They may brag about the money they took from the casino, but they treasure, secretly treasure what they lose. It's a sacrifice of sorts. The lure of what is temporary dislocates us from what is lasting. It keeps us in a downward spiral, orienting us more and more toward food that will barely get us through the day much less lead us beyond ourselves into a future with God. 1,300 years later, and the desires of the crowd are still oriented toward food that is passing away. 
Their God is their belly, says St. Paul to the Philippians. And here we are, 2,000 years after Jesus walked this earth. And while we continue to receive the body of Christ, the bread from heaven week after week, are we any different from the crowd? We often enjoy the feeling of being alive more than we do actually living. We enjoy the feeling of losing everything if we can somehow avoid the cross. We prefer signs so long as we can separate them from what they signify. For what they signify is too much responsibility. Are we still seeking Jesus for favors, for health, for protection, for a sign, a miracle, for lunch? Or are we seeking Jesus for the sake of Jesus? Oftentimes we come to church or go to God in prayer because we want something or we need something. More often than not, the things that we want or need are good things. Nevertheless, we often come up short in why we want or feel like we need those things. We ask God for what is temporary, but God desires to give what lasts forever, himself. When? When is the body of Christ? The body of Christ is when we set aside our desires for what is fading away and long for what is eternal. And we long for what is eternal, Jesus Christ, for the sake of Jesus Christ. And here's the promise and witness of the gospel. When we desire Jesus for the sake of Jesus, when our lives are oriented not by the past, but by our eschatological future with Christ in God, God's kingdom will be ours. We will inherit the earth. We will be comforted. We will be filled. We will receive mercy. We will be called children of God. We will see God because we will have located our reward not in what is passing away, but in what is coming. Such an orientation of our lives toward Christ where our daily habits carry us toward what is lasting beyond what is passing away bears innumerable consequences and side effects that reveal the vast abundance of God in our midst that reveal the eternal in the present. We will see God when we stop asking for what is passing away and rather seek Jesus for the sake of Jesus. And says Jesus, everything Everything else will be given you when it is the kingdom that you seek. Amen.
Hi friends, I'm Father Billy Daniel. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. This podcast features sermons, reflections, and occasional conversations intended to help you find meaningful ways to engage in the spiritual life, to newly reflect on scripture and sacred writings, and to foster good conversation, all for the singular purpose of helping you become more present to the God who is ever present with you in Christ. To learn more about me or to explore my books and other writings, go to www.williamdaniel.info. There you can sign up for weekly reflections and updates or learn how I can be available to you or your church in deepening your life in Christ. Thank you again for tuning in. Please contact me with any reflections or ideas you'd like to learn more about and I'll do my best to attend to this in upcoming episodes. Christ's peace be with you.